0: And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ on this Christmas Eve. Amen. You cannot talk about Christmas without also talking about war. Or, so said a professor that I was listening to this week from Minneapolis in a podcast. Actually, most of the people that were with him in that interview said, How so? Somehow we have managed to get through all, lo, these many Christmas Eves and Christmas Days without ever really making the center of our discussion and reflection be about warfare. And yet any of the adults who have been with me on Sunday morning studying Revelation know that Revelation is filled with warfare language about the great war between those who are on the side of God and those who are opposed to his reign. Michael Card, in a great song based on Revelation, wrote, Behold, a war in heaven reflected here on earth. And Michael and his angels fought for all their worth that wicked ancient serpent who leads the world astray. The accuser of the brethren was beaten from the fray. And now has come our salvation, the power and the kingdom of God, for the serpent is defeated by the word and the blood of the lamb. Angels. Michael and the angels fighting against these fallen angels, Satan and the serpent and his host. These angels who fight on the side of God are precisely the very same angels who appear to those shepherds who are looking after their flocks that very first Christmas evening. A multitude of the heavenly host, in Greek, the stratias uranii, Stratias, as in strategy, as in strategic, as in soldiers. In fact, everywhere else in Scripture where this word appears, it is translated as army, as officers, as soldiers. This host that appears in the sky over Bethlehem is the full army of God. Now, that is not the picture we usually get at Christmas, because... In olden times, even when I was young, and when we'd have Christmas pageants, who would always get to play the angels? Not the boys, they were always relegated to being the shepherds. No, it's the cute little kindergarten and preschool girls, and we dressed them up, little white robes, put a halo on their head, wings on their back, and they are supposed to represent the armies of Almighty God. The real army when they show up, it's no wonder the shepherds were afraid. It's no wonder that Mary was afraid when Gabriel showed up. It was no wonder that Zechariah was afraid when Gabriel showed up. When an angel appears before you, it is not as a cute little girl in a white robe with a tinsel halo. It is someone to strike fear into the heart of even the most devout. Because these are the soldiers the army of our God. It is precisely why we have that reading from Isaiah chapter 9 every Christmas Eve. Now sometimes we skip over the middle part. We didn't tonight. We like the part about the people walking in darkness who have seen a great light. And those who lived in the shadow of darkness on them as light shone. We love that bit. And we love the bit at the end. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And we want to break out into Handel's Messiah. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But in between, Isaiah says, for the yoke of his burden. And the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Warfare. There is a war that is going on, and it is precisely for this reason that the Stratiaus, the strategist, the army, appears over the fields of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Now, this is not a front-line, Middle Eastern, Second World War type of war, where we are all far, far back from the front line and have no idea what it's actually like to fight, except, of course, our troops have been deployed. We, especially here in Canada, don't really know war. We don't really know what it's all about. We can't imagine because our cities are relatively safe. We get a few shootings in North Montreal, and suddenly we feel like we live in the midst of chaos. We don't know, really, from chaos. Just a few days ago, as I was on the phone with my business manager and regional director for Latin America, they told me that they were going to have to let me go because they were in a bit of a crisis. I said, what's going on? They said one of our Venezuelan pastors was found murdered. He was visiting his people, and he was murdered on a bus trip back to be with his family. There are parts of the world that understand war, and it's not really us, because we don't have mortar fire on their way to the Depeneur. We don't have to worry about some rival tribe beheading us while we're on the way to IGA or Metro or work. But the reality, according to Scripture, Is that in fact this war is all around us. Because this war is in us. The war is actually happening right here. Because it's a war between the desire to follow the will of the Lord. To be on the side of God and the desire to not. To turn our back on God and oppose God's will with all our might. Just as Satan has from the beginning. And his minions and his army that war we do get a sense of. As Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote during the U.S. Civil War, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, mild and sweet their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The reality is that we actually have been in the war so long and are so shell-shocked by it that we've forgotten that that's what is actually happening. Because hate, we know. Anger, bitterness, guilt, that we understand. And add it all up amongst all of us here in Park Extension, in Montreal, in Canada, and the whole world, add it all and put it all together, it looks particularly ugly. Our hearts are continually trying to war against God's will. And what is God's will? It is precisely what the angels announced to those shepherds. Peace on earth. Goodwill among men. And it might well be that the shepherds out on that cold hillside also forgot that they were in the midst of a war. And so the Lord's army, the real one, came to remind them that God had promised and is now finally bringing peace, breaking the yoke of the oppressor, burning the soldiers' trampling boots and the garments soaked in blood once and for all. And so the angels sing. A battle hymn, an army song, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This child born of Mary is the one who is finally going to bring true and lasting peace on earth, a peace this world desperately still today needs. And yes, his birth is only the beginning The end of the beginning, if you will, because the peace actually started nine months before Christmas, when that angel, that soldier of the Lord, in full battle raiment, appeared before Mary and said, Hail, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And from that moment, God was beginning to bring peace as God wraps himself up in the womb of that young woman from the north of Israel and says, now at last there will be peace. And of course, then came Jesus' adolescence when he stunned all of the teachers in the temple with his knowledge of that peace and what it would mean that the war was finally going to come to an end. And then his preaching, where he announced the defeat of illness and the demonic, all of the signs and symptoms and causes of continued warfare, and then finally his own triumphant army procession, if you will, into Jerusalem, where finally men, maybe without even realizing it, re echoed the angel's song by saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Because that's the only way you can have peace, right? Is to have the two armies face off and say, let us be reconciled. To have the angels of the Lord say peace on earth and the children of men say peace in heaven. And all of it coming to pass because of this child who would restore the relationship that had been lost between us and our God. At long last, the armies of heaven could stand down, and there could at last be rest. Don Richardson, name probably known to almost none of you, which is unfortunate, was a great Canadian Christian missionary, fell asleep in Christ a year ago yesterday. He and his wife brought the gospel to two warring tribes, in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, one of the most remote places on earth. They labored for years to find a way to get those two tribes to understand what God had done for us in this child whose nativity we celebrate tonight, until something exceedingly strange happened. The two tribes with whom they had been working, had been fighting and making their work more and more impossible, And so the Richardsons announced that they were just going to have to leave. They couldn't justify continuing to stay there. And at that moment, the two tribes, for whatever reason, decided that now was the time to reconcile. And for them to have peace with each other, each tribe presented the other with a baby. One tribe gave one of their children to the other, and vice versa. And they announced to these missionaries that what they were doing was giving to their enemies a peace child. A child that would be raised by the other tribe as one of their own, who would look as one of their own children. And because of that, now there could be peace. And it occurred to the Richardsons that this was part of what God had done to end the war with us and with sin and to buy us back from Satan himself. He gave us his child, his son, made him part of our tribe, our fallen human tribe, gave us a child to treasure as our own, that there might be peace. Of course, that's where the story deviates, right? Because here we took the child and killed him, which is pretty much the way these two warring tribes would have ended the peace. But God is so gracious and so long-suffering towards us that he raises his child from the dead and gives him back to us again to be our own. One more time, God raises his own peace child and announces forgiveness to all who had placed their trust in him. The people of Bethlehem wondered. Which is code for we're amazed at what the shepherds announced to them. Peter wondered, was amazed when he ran and saw the empty tomb and Jesus' body gone. We are the ones this evening who are called upon to wonder, to be amazed this night at what the army of God has come to announce. Not continued warfare not a next phase in the battle, not a new weapon to be deployed, but on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In the name of Jesus Christ.